Hey, Porch Community, we're glad you're a part of today's uh, episode. Wanted to let you know beforehand, uh, today we're going to talk about some sensitive subjects, and uh, this might not be a conversation that you want to share with all the kiddos and things if, if you've got it playing in the car or whatever. So, And also, just it might be a little sensitive for you as well. So we wanted to let you know that up front, um, but we uh going to tell our story today. So glad you're with us. Welcome to the 167 Podcast podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch Community, and welcome to episode 40, 40. of the 167 podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson. I have the distinct privilege of being the lead pastor of the Porch Community Church. What, what? And I'm here with my friend Josh Harrell, who is our media pastor. Hello, sir. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? <laughs> we should get you a shirt that just is like, hey, how's it going? Like, Yeah, I, I really want, when Tinley was doing the announcements and she'd, uh-huh. do, she'd say like, I'm so excited. Yeah. I really want to do a t-shirt with like her face and like, uh-huh. I'm so excited, and then have it like. Yeah. There was a phase back in I don't even know when it was now maybe the maybe the 2000s early 2000s of puff paint. Do you remember? Yeah, the yeah, puff? yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why in my mind whenever I saw like the how's it going, I just kind of pictured like puff paint. Okay. Yeah, you know, cool. or definitely with Tinley, it would be like I'm so excited and be like 3D because oh it, you know, yeah yeah. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like the Frankie says relax T-shirts. Well, there's that too. You mean like how Ross Geller wears it? Yes. On Friends? Yeah. Yes. It's like a size. Anyway, wow, we digress. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? No. Well, the great thing about planning um, and producing the podcast is that uh, whenever we want to switch gears, we can. Yep. And so, um, you know, I was thinking about this, and I just, I really want to do a little gear shift. Um, I've got pages and pages and pages of notes and information and stuff on this topic that we have been on the last couple of weeks on egalitarianism and complementarianism, and it's been really cool because I've heard a lot of feedback oh, yeah, and hearing from a lot, a lot of people. Of um, and it's been really, really neat and cool to hear people kind of uh, walking through that. And m- most people are kind of like, well, duh. And then others are going, hold on a minute. And so it's just been really good. Um, Sparked but, a lot of conversations. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the, that process, um, and, and so, in, I don't know, we're going to, we will come back around to that, um, uh, and we can put all that together and there'll be a few more episodes on down the road. Um, but sometimes you just kind of get the sense, maybe let's, let's take a little, let's little, take a little detour here. And honestly, this actually sprang out of, um, my community group's conversation from last week and, also, uh, Justin did the message on being prepared to share your story. Right. So all that has kind of just uh, kind of bubbled up together. And so I thought today what we would do is let's make a shift from information to transformation. Ooh, okay. So what I want to do today, and I know this was one of those things that came up when we were asking people to, to give us questions. Yep, it was. One of the questions was, we would like to hear y'all's stories. Mm-hmm. So... I, it's going to be story time with Shannon and Josh today. So welcome <laughs> to story time. Um, and I think it's important, you know, like, so so Justin mentioned, um, be prepared to tell your story, uh, be ready to, to share this the good news of Christ, um, of what he's done in your life. And so he did that message a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago now. 
then last week in our community group, we, and I mentioned this a little bit in this past Sunday's message, but very organically, we all just kind of started, not really like our whole stories, but like snapshots that yeah. we all found to be very similar. And, um, you know, one of the things, and, and, and maybe it's just because of the, the world that we live in right now, Josh, but people are, I mean, and we're so connected and yet we're so secluded. Oh yeah, for sure. We are so connected at any moment, any time. And I think because of that, we are just like totally desensitized to true connection. Like, it's like we don't even see it. Like, we don't even... And, and, and we end up being, like, distanced. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Did I, I mean, misspeak? I don't know. No, no, no. You're totally right. It's kind of like the digital the digital age where people have um, internet skills, but they have no social skills. <laughs> They're like, what? You, I have to call them? I can't, I can't send a text? Or, I mean, it's like um, people that can do all this stuff online, mm-hmm. but then when you ask them to speak to someone... Mm-hmm. They, they don't, they haven't built up the uh, personable connection to where they can actually talk to people. Yeah, like look them in the eye and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, They don't have any social cues or social skills or, or anything like yeah, that. So. Yeah, So I just, I have this, uh, I, I have this sense, uh, not a sense, I mean it's obvious, of just how people are so disconnected, disconnected. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in the conversation of us sharing our story... What we found was that, and again, I mentioned this Sunday, was um, in telling our stories, almost everyone in my community group, all the women in my group, we talked about the fact that um, people played a a very important, like a person or a couple of people had a very significant role um, in our faith journey or influence on our faith journey. Yeah. And that doesn't happen in seclusion. Mm-hmm. That that can't happen in seclusion. And um, I think having this ongoing spiritual conversation with others is really, really essential. So um, that's kind of a, a beginning starting point of just saying I, I cannot stress community enough. Um, I can't stress uh, mentorship or discipleship enough because our stories are powerful. Yep. And they're powerful because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us might have a, you know, like a trilogy story and with all the highs and lows and battles and, and you know, all these things and love stories and all the stuff. Um, and others of us might have like a, you know, a, a two-page, you know, yeah. big words, you know, like first grade, you know, kind of dr seuss style book and you know what they're both powerful Mm -hmm. because of jesus yep and so um and that was one of the things we talked about in the transformation doesn't change no not at all the transformation's the same Mm -hmm. and that's a good point uh in our community group last week you know a couple of the people and we're like i don't really have a story you know i don't have the and and it's like oh everyone's got a story i wasn't a drug dealer (laughs) you know like i wasn't either so so like my yeah no, I feel that. I, I come from a pretty n- not exciting story mm-hmm. from my side of it. Right. Now, Jesus' side is just as, yeah. as exciting on his end mm-hmm. as it is on everyone else's. Right. So. And the transformation that has occurred in your life because of Jesus Christ and your acceptance of him is as powerful as anything else. Exactly. And it's the same power that raised Lazarus from the dead and brought Jesus up out of the tomb. Exactly. I mean, it's and the that's, same transformation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful. So, 
Um, so my story, I don't, you know, and there, I have shared some of my story at uh, different times in my message or little things. And so, you know, as I think about this, I'm like, well, where do I, where do I do? And I don't, um, so here we go. I mean, my notes are very, very choppy because it's just like, I don't even know like where to begin and where to end. Let's you know? start at the beginning. So, well, it was in Hayward, California, which is in the San Francisco Bay in 1969. I hope you were going to open like that. Yeah, that's where I was born. Um, <laughs> you know the opening scene of um, Full House when they're oh, yeah. playing in the park? Yep. My parents used to take my brother there whenever... I think I was an infant, but like my brother was like five. So oh, cool. They used that's to really play cool. there. Yeah, yeah. So Anyway... Um, so yeah, started in California, but then most of my story takes place in Oklahoma How and the state shocking. of Georgia and then the country of Romania. So, um, I would describe my, um, story like everyone's is, um, I was on the map, but I was totally lost. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everyone's kind of doing their thing. We're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm doing what people do. Like I'm going to college, I'm doing my thing, I'm working towards a career, I have a career, you know, I'm paying my bills, I'm doing all these things, but totally and completely lost, Mm -hmm. lost. Um, It was in um, uh, 19, about a year before uh, I became a believer, um, I uh, had a job loss, like the club that I worked at, the tennis club I worked at closed suddenly. And that was kind of a jarring thing. And I was, um, dating this guy and, um, wasn't a believer and, I uh, ended up pregnant, um, ended that relationship, didn't tell him, uh, went and had an abortion, um, which just rocked, rocked me. Um, but not enough to not do it. Right. So that's that's the sad part. Um, like every fiber in my being knew that it was not the right decision. And yet I still did it. Mm. And it's I, I didn't have any kind of a... I didn't have a touchstone of any point of, of like... I mean, I can look back and almost sense like God's Holy Spirit like screaming like no. Yeah. And yet... I still did it. I I I should have brought it, but I I wrote like a a letter um, to to my child um, that that it says, and I haven't looked at it in, in several years, um, but I still have it, and it, and it says something like, um, you know, I please forgive me, and mm-hmm. I don't even know if God will forgive me. You know, it's like even in that process, like I was struggling with this but but I made that choice. Um now did you write the letter after you were saved? No. No. Uh-uh, no. Okay. No, I, I, I wrote it in the midst of that. I can't remember. I think I wrote it before I even went and and had the abortion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um this is so weird because um yeah, I had a follow up appointment like a week later and I went back um, and there was a group of Christians there that were standing outside with poster boards and they were, you know, they had verses written on it and, and they weren't being rude or anything, but they were, I mean, 
it was it was very like stark. Like here's yeah. this these people and they're like, Don't go in and this I remember this lady came up to me and was like, um, you know, I would be ha- can I pray with you? Can I pray with you? And and I think she was you know, and I just I I told her just a bold faced lie. I just I said, I'm here I'm here for a friend. Um, I didn't even tell her like it's too late, you know, like I didn't um but it was like it was one of those moments where I thought okay, here are these people that are claiming Christ and, and they weren't rude and they weren't like, you know, like what you might have pictured, but it was just, I, it, it, I walked away going, ah, you know, I'm struggling with who God is. And, and if I'm, if I, if I matter and my child and all these things, and yet I'm still choosing self. And then there are these people like holding up scripture saying, don't, don't go inside. And it was just a very, almost like movie type scene, you know, like something you'd yeah. see on TV. Yeah. Like, how do you respond to that? Um, so I was, that was a very, uh, I was in a very low place. I was definitely drinking. Um, I, you know, partied a lot and drugs and stuff in, in college. And I was kind of actually kind of past the whole drug scene, but I was, I was definitely still drinking a lot. And um, started started waiting tables at a at a restaurant because the tennis club closed. And in that process, I, I met my friend uh, Carrie, who uh, she and her her parents really had a huge influence on me. I didn't know it at the time, but they were praying for me. I mean, like you know, we she and I became friends. And then in that process, um, you know, she was like, "Please pray for my friend at work, Shannon, because she is not a believer." And we just had these. We would have these conversations um, about faith, and I shared this in my community group two weeks ago. Um, my friend Carrie, so her dad, he's retired now, but he was a pastor. Mm-hmm. And so my first thought was, oh, this guy's going to be like some sort of, like, you know, hypocritical, you know, jerk guy. He's just the sweetest, kindest, you know, gentle man, just a really, just a great man, and not perfect, Right. Um, very humble, and uh, he and his wife, and and so I loved the fact that they just blew that uh, preconception that I had in my mind out of the water, yeah. getting to know him. But um, we would, ha- but but Carrie and I would have these conversations, and um, you know, I remember the, I don't think I had told anybody, um, and and I told her, I, I think there was one other person. Uh, a friend of mine from college that that knew about the abortion, but when I I told Carrie about this, and I was just like, I don't know how to process this, like, because she was talking about forgiveness and sin and all this, and I was like, listen, no, I, I've I've committed like the worst sin, like I've taken the life of another, and and um, and that is my that is my understanding of that, like I don't I don't mince words on that, and right. and I know that that might be difficult for some people to hear, um, but. I'm telling my story, so it's I'll tell. Story. I'll tell the tell story. Her. Yeah. Um. But um. So we were having these conversations, and she would she was gracious and would you know share scripture and and things like that and and all these things. But the most profound moments I remember in talking with her were the times when I would ask questions, and they were usually kind of the you know why do bad things happen to good people you know which, you know, the whole problem of evil, you know, that, that we deal with. And some of those questions, um, you know, why did God create evil? You know, these questions like that. And, and we would have these conversations and the most profound moments were when she would just say, I don't know, Shannon, it's just, it's my faith. It's what I believe. Mm -hmm. 
And those were the most profound moments because it was like, okay. Like, she doesn't have all the answers, but she still has this faith. And um, she wasn't preachy about it or anything like that. And I just thought, wow. Like, and, and there was something different about her than all my other friends. Like, there was a peace and a sense of purpose that, that again, not perfect at all, but just there was just something different you know, right. that we talk about when we talk about being the light and being a presence for other people. And so, you know, she would invite me to church all the time and I'd be like, no way, 11 o'clock is way too early to go to church. Like I'm not up yet, you know, like, um, but I did go and buy a Bible and, um, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even tell her cause I didn't want, I didn't want someone up in my business like, Oh, you bought a Bible. Great. But I wanted to start reading about this, this story, this, this faith that seemed to have such an impact on these people that they were different. Right. Um, I had an understanding. I had a, a picture Bible as a kid, so I, I knew some stories and I knew these things, but I just really wanted to know. Now, something really important to, to insert between meeting my friend Carrie and going and buy a Bible was one particular night uh, we were driving uh, from Oklahoma City to Tulsa, uh, we were going to go hang out with my brother and, and, and stuff. And, uh, we ended up, I never wore a seatbelt ever, never, ever. And, uh, Carrie's like, put your seatbelt on. No, put your seatbelt on. So finally I put it on and no lie, Josh, within a minute, two minutes, uh, she had, I, I say she did it on purpose, but no, she really didn't. But she actually kind of went off the side of the road, like rumble strip kind of, and, and overcompensated to come back. And we ended up spinning the car and flipping it. Oh, wow. And we landed upside down in the median. And then we landed on our wheels on the other side of the interstate as if we were going back towards Oklahoma City. Whoa. Um, and... We were right over the top of a hill, so you couldn't see like who was coming, mm-hmm. and all these cars were just tr- 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 passing us. Like no one, like it was. I don't know how they didn't hit us. Like when we we're just sitting there, and then all these people started to pull over and, and come and get us, and and it was just like this this moment of just like, and that was to me that was the beginning of um. Yeah, I've said this before. Uh, I just I remember sitting on the side of the road and I just looked off and it was dark and you kind of tell the difference between the sky and the tree line and I just I said thank you. I said it out loud. I said thank you and I knew, I knew that I knew I was thanking this God that I had been pondering about. Does He love me? Does He not? Am I? Will I ever be able to be forgiven? Is this even forgivable? Like all these things. And I said, thank you. Thank you. And I just knew that, that he heard me. And, and also I was overwhelmed with this feeling of, I really had no business talking to him. Like I did not deserve to even Mm. talk to him. So that was like your first experience that you visualized grace. Yes. Yeah. Like there you are. And I should, yeah, yeah. I, and, and almost like, uh, um, I mean, I didn't even know if I should talk to him, but I was mm. going to, you yeah, know, yeah. but yeah. And so in then it was like, okay, went and bought a Bible <laughs> and started reading. And that, that grace, um, that, that immense love just started just, just jumping off of the page. I mean, mm-hmm. I could not 
put the Bible down. I was reading it all the time. I mean, I just, I had to read it. I had to understand. And it wasn't like, if I can just read one more sentence, I'll get the answer. It wasn't like that. It was just like, I want more. I want to read more. I want to read more. And it was in that process. I don't, I was in the gospel of John, but I'm not sure exactly where, um, where, but I, but I heard for the first time, uh, God's voice, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't audible, but I heard it nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, and he said, you know, Shannon, you can keep reading this, but is this my, is this just a book or is this my word? And I just started weeping. Ooh. I just started weeping because I knew, I knew that what was in this, in this book, I knew it was real. I knew it was alive. Mm-hmm. I knew it had promise and power. And I started to go, this is why my friend is like, this is why the, the Faulkner family are like, why they believe because different. this is, yeah. yeah, why they're different. Yeah. Because at that point, you're like, this is why they're different. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. know much more than that. No, no. Uh, and, but in that, in sitting there in my bedroom that day, just crying, I, I, it wasn't just crying. Then I, I started to just repeat over and over again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I would say I'm sorry for and I would and I would name something, you know, or I'd name an instant or a a situation or, you know, like just the worst of the worst, you know, the yeah. the abortion and just like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I named everything I could think of. I mean, I don't know how long I was there and I remember getting to the point where I was like I just felt like empty of myself and I said, "And I'm sorry." for what I can't even remember to say I'm sorry for, because obviously I'm sure there <laughs> yeah, was yeah. plenty. Um, but I just felt like I just emptied all of that out. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what that moment was. I didn't know that that was salvation. I didn't, I didn't pray the sinner's prayer. I didn't even say, Lord, forgive me. I just kept saying, I'm sorry. Like that's, that was the, I mean, I was, I was definitely like, 101 not even 101 i was like pre 101 like intro to Mm -hmm. um this and i didn't i didn't know i knew something was different but i didn't know what had occurred because i was all alone in that like they were praying for me and they had been influencing me but in my kind of stubborn pride i had i had you know been reading and all this stuff on my own um at one point prior to me having that moment in April of, of, of 94, when I heard his voice say, is this real? Um, like Carrie had been at my house a few times and, uh, saw like the Bible sitting there on my coffee table or whatever. So they were like super excited. Cause they're like, okay, she's got a Bible now, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, so it wasn't until like a week later that, uh, the church that her dad was pastoring, they did like this conference at a local high school and it was totally an outreach thing. It was like every night they answered those big questions like what happens to people? Well, what happens when you die? You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Like every night was a topic like that. And it was to kind of draw people in. Yeah. And she had invited me. Well, so up to this point I had I declined every invitation for anything. And this was like on a Thursday and it was at night and she's like you want to come and I was like, "Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll get someone to cover my shift." And so, you know, looking, the, you know, I, I found out later, they were all super excited about that. They were very praying. So <laughs> we go, this guy speaks, you know, good talk. I think it was about like, where do you go when you die? I can't remember. Um, but at the end, he prayed this prayer. 
And he did the whole, you know, bow your head um, prayer. But as he prayed, Josh, it was like I realized, like with every sentence he said, that he was, that this is what I'd just done, like in my room, like a week before. Like I, I was praying this. He was saying it a lot better, a lot more polished. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this is what's happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I have said, yes, I believe. You know, I, I declared the... I rem- See, I even use the words now. Like, I declared, like, I was just like, I believe you, God. <laughs> I believe you're you. I believe Jesus is real. I don't even remember. But, like, I had said all those things. And so at the end of the prayer, he's like, you know, with your head still bowed and your eyes closed, you know, if you just prayed that prayer, would raise you raise your, your hand? hand? Well, I didn't raise my hand because I didn't just pray that prayer. I had prayed it a week before. Mm-hmm. But there's my friend Carrie, like, peeking out of her eye, like, to see if I raised my hand. <laughs> or not and I didn't uh, so it's kind of funny because I was just like oh well you know because I just didn't I thought well you know I, I did that wow even then Josh it's not that I I didn't walk away going well am I a Christian or am I not that wasn't even like a, a question it was almost just like wow God yeah. wow it was yeah. it was very overwhelming um, so that was like a Thursday I remember Wednesday or Thursday that following Sunday, I'm such a punk. Like, I still hadn't said anything um, because I didn't know. Like, what? how do you say that, too? Like, by the way, like, now it just seems I'm normal. In the club. Yeah, it was just, I didn't even know how to yeah. say it. Like, I just well, was awkward and, and weird, and I, I don't even know. And do you, with the experiences you've had up until that point, do you even know what, do you even understand the weight of? No, that? no. Like, do you? Like I grew up going that, to the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and um, and so I'd had catechism classes, like teachings and stuff like that. Um, but everything was a process. Mm-hmm. Like you do these things, you memorize these things, you say these prayers. If you need to confess, you go to the priest. Like everything was a process, and because none of this had been a process, I just didn't relate it, and mm-hmm. I didn't think like. Yeah, it was just a totally different experience. Yeah, and and it's interesting because most relationships that I know about mm-hmm. with with people, it starts with the church. Like, it's someone invited me to church. Yours happened out. Your relationship with God started outside the church. Oh yeah. So, not like you. Basically, it's just you and God, and you and it's and the Olive Garden. Yeah, and it's so interesting. <laughs> me, God, and the Olive Garden. That's gonna be my next book. Uh, uh, you hadn't mentioned Olive Garden yet, so... Uh, oh, that's uh, where I was waiting table, sorry. But, um, <laughs> but, like, you know, when when it happens to someone at the church, they're, like, I, I said that prayer, and then someone comes find you, and they, and my experience, they take you and tell you what happened, and they tell you your next steps. Mm-hmm. You're just like, me and God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what to do next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I did And that's so interesting. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, and I, I try and, like, wrap my mind right now, and I can't, but... And because you're conditioned to... I am conditioned. I church. am. I am. I have like, been. even as you're telling your story, you're using different words than you probably would have oh, described it Oh, I'm totally using Christianese, which yeah. I'm sure I didn't use then. And, like, yeah. you say in, like, uh, I caught it before you said declared, and that's when you caught it. Uh-huh. And you're using all these words to talk about yeah. it that you wouldn't have used to describe the moment at all nope. when it happened. Nope. And mm-hmm. it, it's so funny, like, to yeah. even... Even because you've been in church, the way you tell your story has changed. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's nothing wrong with no, using no, those words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think for as believers to be sensitive to that 
even when we tell our story, is to remember that some people don't use that vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we talk about, you know, like righteous and like, and it's not like we don't talk about those things because, oh, well, they might not know what it means. I mean, learning is great and understanding what these things are, but in the initial conversations, it might be good to go, hey, how can I tell the story in a way where it doesn't sound so Christianese that it the other person's just like, okay, well, here's another spiel yeah. from somebody about, you know, whatever. And, and I mean, I'm I'm enthralled in your story of, of, of it happening outside of the church. Like yeah. That, yeah. So let, let's get back in. Okay. So, um... So I, I heard his voice, and it was just like, is this real? Okay, so I went to the conference, didn't raise my hand, because I'd already done the prayer, so it's like, why would I raise my hand again? And that's a total Shannon thing, It by is the way. totally, totally me. Well, so that Sunday, again, another Shannon thing, I just decided to show up to church. Don't even tell my friend Carrie I'm going to come. Because I think, I really do think part of me was like, I'm going to turn around at any moment. I'm not going to go. Like, I didn't want to be held accountable to show up. See, there's a word. Mm. Like, I didn't want them to be like, okay, well, we'll wait for you in the parking lot. You know, be here. I wanted to be able to bail. Yep. I wanted to be able to bail. Mm-hmm. So I didn't say anything. But I show up, and of course, so yeah, I'm there. And uh, go through the service. It's <laughs> the uh, Randy preached a message. It was very, I, I can't tell you what he preached, but I felt like he was talking to me. One of the other pastors prayed, and I felt like he was talking to me. Like everything that went on, uh, didn't know any of the songs, didn't know any of the music. Every lyric sounded like, or him, whatever it sounded like, it was like, it was for me. Like, it was just, the Holy Spirit was just like pulsating for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a yeah. charismatic church, but it was like everything was like God going, hello, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so after church, they invited me to lunch, which became um, many, many, many Sundays of lunches um, at their house. But we're, I remember, this is so, this is the moment. This is when I knew, because we're sitting in the dining room. We just finished dinner, or Sunday dinner, whatever you call it. And people were uh, cleaning the table. They have a big family. Carrie's like a sibling, like uh, the, like there's five siblings. So Lord. there's a lot of people. And, um, and it was just me and her dad left in the dining room, just kind of sitting there. And people were clearing, and we we're just talking. And he asked a really good question, which I appreciate most especially now in the role that I'm in. Uh, as he said, Shannon, I'd really be interested to know your um, what you thought of today because you have a viewpoint that most people don't have. Like I, like he was saying, as the senior pastor of this church, I would love to hear what you thought about everything. Yeah. Like he really wanted to know, like mm-hmm. were people nice? You know, was the music good? Did the message make sense? Like you know, he really wanted to know these things, and so um, I don't even remember really what I said. He wasn't like grilling me, but I could tell that's kind of where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, oh, it was nice. It was good. You know, yeah, it was great. And I think I said something about the, uh, one of the prayers sounded like it was just for me. And um, and he goes, well, you know, if you ever have any questions, you know, he, and it was like, you know, of course, we'd love for you to come back and we'd love to have you for lunch again. And, um, you know, if you ever have any questions, could you, you know, you, you know, you can you do know you can talk to me about it. I was like, yeah, sure. I said, actually, I do kind of have a question. And he goes, yeah, what? And I, and so then I started to tell him the story of the day I was sitting at home reading the book of John <laughs> and what happened. Yeah. And so I'm telling him the story, and I, I don't even think I was looking him in the eye because it was just, you know, awkward and weird. And 
And I look up, and so we're sitting at this, like, fairly large, like, dining table, and we're at opposite ends of it. Like, not, like, huge, but, you know, like one the, that could seat, like, eight, ten people. Like the mansion where you have yeah, to yell. Yeah, right, right. Will you pass this all? Yeah. So he's all the way down the other end, and I look up and kind of finally make eye contact, and he's just boo-hooing. And, uh, and, and he says, through, like, tears and stuff, and he says, Shannon, you you realize what happened, right? And I said, no, what? And he goes, and then, and I, he goes, you don't, and it was this awkward kind of like, you do, uh, you, and he, so then he asked me, you know, like, do you believe that, that God is God, that he is the Father? You know, do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son? You know, do you believe that he gave his life so that you could have life and he forgave your sins? Like, he asked me those questions, and I was like, uh-huh, yeah, yes, I do, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And I was just like saying yes, everything. He goes, Shannon, you're a Christian. And I said, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, yes. And then right then, like Carrie had walked in and, and he's like, tell Carrie, tell Carrie. And I was like, um, I'm a Christian. (laughs) And she was like, ah, you know, and it was just this big to do and everything like that. So it was really awkward and strange, but awesome at the same time. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, so I'm a believer. Cool. Um, I had no idea what to do with this. Mm. Um, so, which is the best place to be, I started praying and I was like, all right, God, so what do you what do you want to do with this? Um, side note, like I used to talk like a sailor so, 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 so bad. But even like a couple of weeks leading up to like what I would say now is my like conversion, like when I prayed and said yes to God. Um, like I had felt kind of, here's, here's Christianese. I felt convicted. Yep. I was like, why do I talk like this all the time? Like, why I'm going to quit doing that. So I just kind of, so it's funny how I look back and some things had already, I'd already started to want to make some changes, you know, but so I'm praying and I'm like, um, you know, what do you, what should I do with this? I bought a Bible for my sister who was in high school at the time. And I was like, God, I really want other people to know about this. Um, I was like two, a year, two years out of college, still lived in the same town. So I had friends that were there, you know, sorority sisters, you know, people from work. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's a mission field right there. Oh, yeah. Um, my sister was a senior in high school. So like, and I said, like, you know what, I'm going to invite people over and we're going to, we're going to look at the Bible together. Like I didn't even call it a Bible study cause I didn't even know that was like a word. Like, didn't know that, it's like yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I started having people over to my house. On Wednesday nights. No, no, no. Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. And um, and I lived in this little, tiny little pink house on 42nd Street in Oklahoma City, in northwest Oklahoma City. There was a mouse that would usually run through the room um, at least once during the Bible study that I could never catch. And I didn't want to do a mouse trap because I just thought that was gross and weird. Um, I ended up, we ended up like finding the hole and covering it up. So that was fine. But like, so it was like all these people and the mouse and we had this, like, we would look at the Bible together cause that's what I called it. And, um, I had sorority sisters coming and people from work and some friends of my sisters and, and them. And it was just like, we were just studying the Bible. It was just, it was like, okay, let's read. And we would read and then it'd be like, okay, now what? And, and we would, um, now I invited my friend Carrie, so that was good. So we had a couple, you know, she was like, all right, well, then we'll pray, you know, like, so she kind of helped, helped, um, move that along. But I just felt very, like, I was like, I need to tell people about this. So I'm gonna, we're gonna look at the stuff I'd been reading and maybe they'll have the same response. And it was just, 
like just people started like like accepting Christ and and stuff, and it was just really really amazing to that, be a part of that. That's so cool. Um, and so, and then there's just all these little different moments of just going, okay, all right, God, now what? Now what? Now what? About a year after my saying yes to God happened, um, I had a couple of, I really felt this call to uh, teach, and I thought that meant school, because I didn't really know any other, what else, I mean, I taught tennis, but like, I felt a call to like, get up before people and teach, and so I thought that just meant school, Um, so I was looking at going back to school, um, getting a, you know, master's or whatever, or teaching, whatever, and I had a job, I had a couple of different job offers or opportunities, um, and one was like in Ohio, and one was in Florida, and here I am, in o- I was at o- in Oklahoma at the time, and I thought, okay, either one of these, and they were both good options, a job, and that I'd actually like, that helped me get like certified to teach, so it was like, okay, this will be great, so I was really trying to, I was praying between those two, right? and I got, I could not get a piece, no piece, no piece, no piece, just couldn't, um, and in the middle of that, my friend Carrie um, who had been dating this guy on and off for years, um, they reconnect and they decide, hey, let's, he didn't live in Oklahoma City. He actually lived in this town, this little town in the south of Georgia called Valdosta. And they decided they were going to actually like try to live in the same town and date to see if it could work because they just would break up, you know, get together, break up, get together, break up. <laughs> and so so she was going to come and finish school and then they were going to... and date and see and by the time she ended up coming they were engaged so that you know it was kind of like all right well, here we go but in the process she was like please you know come come with come to Valdosta while you try to figure out what you're going to do and I was like no the last thing I'm gonna do is go to Podo. Valdosta or whatever in Lowendez County and when I've got job offers somewhere else no job offers here but job offers someone, no, I'm not going to do that. That's just, no, not going to happen. Third wheel, nope, not going to do it. So I'm praying and praying about the other two jobs and still no peace. One day I'm reading um, in Numbers chapter 9. Numbers, the Old Testament, Numbers. And I want to share this passage because this was huge. This was, this was the same, I mean, the same Holy Spirit presence voice that said Shannon is this real when I was reading that day is happened here here's what uh I'll read verse 20 through 23 of Numbers 9 it says sometimes this talking about the Israelites and they were in the wilderness right sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days the cloud represented God's presence right Mm -hmm. so the people would stay for only a few days Uh, as the Lord commanded. Then at the Lord's command, they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command, and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. So it's very repetitive right there. Yeah. But it's making a point. It is. Wherever the presence of God was, that's where they went. Mm-hmm. Now, just very briefly, can you imagine, Josh, the, um, 
logistical details of setting up camp and breaking camp of that many millions of people. No. And that sometimes it would only stay for oh. one day. And they didn't know, so they would make camp. camp. How annoying. <laughs> but how obedient. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, but it, you're right. I mean, yeah, obedience. I think of it, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I have a hard time packing to go to the beach. Like, yeah. and, and I know how long I'm going to be there. So, but as I read that, as I was reading that, I heard the same voice I'd heard before, the same voice say, go to Valdosta. And they probably said it, he probably said it right too, didn't he? Yeah, not Valdusta. God said Valdosta. No. But it was go to Valdosta. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. And because I had heard that voice before, I was able to say, okay. Now, then you think, okay, what are people going to think? Like my family and stuff like that. Like, Shannon, why are you going there? There's no option. You don't have, there's no opportunities. Like, there's no job. Like, why would you do that? And everyone was like, that's great. That's awesome. Hmm. So I moved. I moved here in '95. Was it, was it a hard? Yes. Like once you heard, did you like wrestle? Oh yeah, with? I was. No, I was done. I mean, I started like, you know, the bills, like changing bills and selling stuff and everything. No, I was done. So I you knew. heard it and you're like, yes. Yes, I knew. So I moved here in 1995 with six hundred dollars. Um, no, no credit card, no credit. Um, a Chrysler LeBaron with like the with like the um, the head the the header the thing the upholstery above the head. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was like swooping Sagging. down. No air conditioning, and I moved here with that car and six hundred bucks and no job. But I knew God told me to come here, so I did. And it was um, God provides. So <laughs> now I will say. For a good year or two, I was like, okay, God, I obeyed. Now go ahead and move me on. Like, I'm ready for the cloud or the pillar of fire to go ahead and move. Like, I've set I'm up camp. my season. But let's move on. But he didn't, and he no. didn't, and he didn't. And it's 2021. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. People are like, okay, we know how that ends. Um, but, yeah, so he provided. I ended up, um, I got a call from the tennis pro for the city of Aldosta and was like, hey, I'm moving to, like, Alpharetta. Do you want my job? I was like, uh, yeah. And it was like, I mean, I was like teaching from the apartments that I lived in, you know, to, to make money. So like I, he kind of knew who I was. It wasn't just like a random phone call. I mean, okay. but like, so I started doing that. I was a tennis pro for the city. And then I went on a mission trip to Romania and, um, I spent some time there and, um, I was fully, completely ready when I returned to the States to uh, once again, like cancel, you know, my utilities and all those things and sell stuff and pack up and go to Romania. And that would be my, you know, my future, like doing ministry in Romania. Um, but I had some very wise counsel that said, don't make any major decisions for 90 days, <laughs> um, which was very good advice. Yeah. Um, and in that process, I prayed. And once again, I heard God's voice mm-hmm. and it was stay in Valdosta. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just stay, it was, I've, um, I have ministry for you. Like, it was like what you thought you were going to do in Romania, I want you to do in Belasta. Yeah. That, I would, you should probably elaborate on that advice that you got coming back from Romania because Mm -hmm. so many people go on mission trips Mm -hmm. and what God does to them on a mission trip, they're Mm -hmm. like, all right, let's go back to get that again. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, the advice was from, um, actually, it was from Carrie's husband now, because at this point they're married. Um, and he had done missions and done ministry. And he, and he told me before I even left Romania and came back was, hey, you're going to come back and you're going to be frustrated with American Christianity. Uh, you're going to think people are missing the bigger picture. Um, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to just want to be there. Um, it's it's going to seem more simple, like as far as like the stuff that just distracts you and all that. You're going to be frustrated with it, and you're going to want to just go. Don't make any major decisions for 90 days. Yep. And that was the best. And I have shared that advice repeatedly over the decades because with people who've done missions and other kind of experiences, because that can be your... And, and it might be that God's like, yeah, go. But, but I mean, like... just. Yeah. Give pray. Yeah. God some time to work. Yeah. Because that same, the passion and the desire I had for ministry, it didn't diminish in those 90 days. Mm -hmm. It was clarified. Yep. And God was like, no, I want, I want to use that here. The passion was for you to get the passion. Right. But then use it. Right. 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 So, um, so it was like, you know, stay here. And so I'm in another place, like just like I was when I was, uh, you know, trying to decide what job to take. And then he told me to kind of Valdosta. I was at this place like, okay, God, I am yours. I will do whatever you want. You, whatever you want. And I had, again, I had a couple opportunities come my way and I had people like saying, we think this is what God wants you to do. I mean, so it was like, whoa, but I didn't have a piece about it. Yeah. And then I get a phone call one night, one afternoon from, um, the, the youth director, at uh, Valdosta First Methodist, and and we knew of each other, but didn't really know each other. Were you going to church there at the time? No. Okay. And she was like, hey, um, I know this sounds like it's out of left field, but uh, would you consider interviewing for our middle school, like part-time middle school position? I was still teaching tennis. And she thought it was out of left field. And I was like, no, I can do it because I've been praying for, for whatever. And I told God that whatever he brings my way, I'll do. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can interview for it. That's not a problem. And that really began like the process, like the the entryway into me going, oh, okay. I, I was called to teach and now I taught tennis. I was called to teach and now I'm doing student ministry. Mm-hmm. And I just, he just like continued that, that, um, that calling and, and increasing it and growing it. Um, and it was kind of weird because I honestly, Josh, even doing missions, at no point did I stop and go, huh, maybe I should go into ministry. Because my upbringing um, showed me, like, women weren't in ministry unless they were a nun. And that's so, <laughs> so I just had no, like, context by which to, to look at this. And so I just, I mean, really, even in all that praying, I wasn't like, maybe I'll go to seminary or maybe I'll go work at a church. It just did not. Didn't even, even register occur to me. Yeah, and so um, in uh, in all of that process, I, I guess the threat, the common thread I want to point out in in this is hearing God's voice, because the same voice that said, you know, you need to decide, Shannon, if this is real, if this is a book or this is real, and the same voice that told me to go, it's the same voice that I heard again and again and again several different times in these really like pivotal moments. Um, 
in in the spring of 2002, uh, someone came to me and said, hey, I really think we should talk about doing like a contemporary service at the church. And I was like, nope, nah, that won't happen. That's, a, that's, that's not a good idea. I, no one will go for that. And then for the next week, like, I couldn't sleep. Like, my mind constantly went to that conversation. And it yeah. was like it was like God was keeping, like, would not let me move from that conversation. Mm-hmm. So I called the person back and said, tell me what you're thinking. And so we started talking. And I was like, wow, this sounds like a really, yeah. Let's let's talk to people in the church. And, and from that came the ministry that you and I are now a part of. Uh, yeah. It's like the birth of the porch. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and it was just that same like voice also in 2002. <laughs> Here's an example of, of uh, God's voice. So I'm sitting in my office now at First Methodist doing student ministry, and I had been renting a house for years, and I had had all these people say, you need to buy a house, you need to buy a house. I was like, all right, well, now I've actually got a job, so okay, cool. Like, um, And so I, was, I knew of this street very close to where I used to teach tennis. I loved the houses there. And so I um, I, uh, I thought I knew there was a house for sale and it was going to need some work. But I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check that house out. And as I thought about that house, I heard a voice say, well, what about that other house? Because there was a really, really, really cute house on the street that I'd always loved. I mean, yeah. drove by all the time. But it wasn't for sale. So I just kind of immediately was like, whatever, you know, but I heard it. Didn't go by that day. Didn't go to the house. Didn't drive by that day. Next day, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm really going to go. I'm going to call that realtor. I know who's selling that house. Uh, I'm going to call them and see if they'll show it to me. What about that house? That's the voice I heard. Yeah. So again, I was like, whatever. That's weird. So I decided to drive by the house that I know is for sale. So for two days in a row, I heard, what about that house? But I didn't do anything about it. So when I finally drive, when I turn on the street to go look at the house that is for sale, for sale by owner is in the front yard of the house, of the what about the house house. Oh, that's cool. And it was like, I mean, and and the days like before, it, it, it went on the market that day, like, Within an hour of me driving by, they had put the sign out in the yard. And I put on my brakes, put it in park, called the number. And I said, I'm sitting outside the front door. Can I look at the house? And they showed me the house. And I put an offer in it that day. Oh, wow. And uh, closed on it like right before Christmas that year. And it was like, God told me to do it. And so... Like this voice of God is like there and there and there and different times and praying for people. Uh, when it was when I was ready to you know move beyond like student ministry and and become a licensed pastor, um, God said yes. I heard that voice in two thousand and seven. I was going to sleep one night. It was after a young adult Bible study, and as I was going to sleep, I heard the voice say, "Are you ready for this?" Yes. Drew Patterson is the, is what I heard. Yeah. And I was like, what? And I know Drew Patterson, but I was like, what? And then I heard, yes. And then I went to sleep. Now, it wasn't Drew, like, talking through the window at my house. It was like, it was that same voice. And so next morning I woke up and I was like, did that, was that a dream? Like, And it was Drew Patterson. And I was like, okay. 
So it's like he told, God told me who I was going to marry. I knew it. It wasn't just like a random thing. Um, so um, it was just, it was really interesting. J- Drew and I have this joke that I, um, that I, uh, uh, I was dating him for like four months longer than he dated me because I knew that God told me we were going to be together, but he hadn't told him yet. So I dated him longer than he dated me. So that was that joke. <laughs> That's but so like, but the common thread in all this, Josh, is um, God's voice. And it, it's been there repeatedly over and over again. And times when like, like, you know, when we were going to have Mallory, like it was just like, God was just, it. And, and even for launching this church, mm-hmm. um, I knew it in my spirit. I saw it. I have seen it, um, and God's voice has been the constant in all of these things. And so when I tell you, listeners, that I'm telling my story, it's not my story. Um, this is God's story, and he's, he spoke this. He has done this. He's done this work, and there's so many little tiny details and offshoot stories and all those things that I could tell which would probably bore most of you, but they are just all these little moments of God revealing himself. Um, you know, as I read his word, as I pursued him, um, never perfectly, <laughs> uh, lots of hiccups and, and sidetracks and going, I don't knows, but he was always, always, always faithful and consistent and continues to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as we look to like, okay, God, what's next? It's just like when he speaks, I'm going to know um, because I have come to know that voice and I crave that voice. Um, and it's not like every now and then I hear it, um, but there's times when he has been very, very obvious. Oh, yeah. And other times he just works by his Holy Spirit and works through Scripture and, and, and you know sometimes people and circumstances to, to reveal who he is. But my goodness, um, he has been very, very real in my life. And I'm, and I don't even know, like a lot of you, like, where would we be if, mm-hmm. if we didn't have him? I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I would be or who I would be or if I would be <laughs> uh, without, without that. And, um, I think that's the simplest, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, without him, neither of us would be sitting yeah, here yeah, right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, that's that's kind of, that's my story and kind of the big bullets of I when I sat down and wrote my notes I wanted to just share the moments where I've heard God's voice and it was very clear that He was moving, you know I mean because we could talk about just how all the things fell into place uh, for us to launch the porch I mean uh, God had been stirring something you know and then bam you know January of 2019 it was like this is going to happen. And he just started to make things happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but but he's he's been consistent, and faithful through it all. So, yeah, that's that's my story. I I, I think you're shortchanging your story a little <laughs> bit. There's we hadn't even started your pastoring story. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I in, yeah. in my opinion, there there's got to be a Shannon story part two. Okay, all right. So we'll come to a part two. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I think this is a good place to stop. All right. And because I don't want you to rush through yeah. or try or try to cram everything mm-hmm. that God's d- done 2002 and on. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. 
Because there's there's I've I've been here for about five years of it, and there's a lot in just those five years. Okay, good on deal. both sides. Yeah, that's oh, true. Your, your story and my story. There's yeah. a lot in those five years. Yeah, and there's no telling what you have before that. Yeah, and I and I don't know if I know a lot of it. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, then we'll do a we'll do a part two then next time. Okay. In so episode forty one. Episode forty one. So uh, part two. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, well, hey listeners, I hope that uh, I know today was a little bit of a gear shift, and I hope that that's cool. Um, if not, you're not even still listening, so that's that's fine as well. Uh, but uh, we do appreciate you, thankful for you, and I uh, look forward to seeing you Sunday and talking to you soon. Josh, thank you for all that you do, sir. You're appreciate welcome. You very thank much. you. All right, we'll see you guys later. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.